You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So I want to dive in a little bit today about um, the game a little bit more in depth. I want to take a little peek-ski at uh, Pro Football Focus, um, but I also want to um, sort of, I don't want to say clarify, because I don't think I really necessarily need to clarify anything that I said yesterday, which for me was two days ago, so it's weird. It feels like I haven't done this podcast in a long time. But I did get a little bit of feedback, and I've been listening to people, and it seems like there's one common refrain now, right? It, it used to be a whole lot of other things that people used to say, and what I'm referring to, obviously, is the whole should Rogers play. It used to be a whole battery of things, but it seems like it's all been whittled down to one argument, and there's one left, so I want to take aim at that one, kind of be done with it, and uh, move on. But, um, you know... Sometimes these things just don't go away, and I won't be done with it for a while. But uh, I just really have one point to make. But first, I want to shout out uh, Mr. Matthew. Matthew decided to hit up the uh, the one-time donation button, and I do appreciate that, sir. You are a gentleman and a scholar and a patriot and a, and a swordsman. Probably make a mean batch of brownies, too. I, I don't know, man, but thank you. Speaking of, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore dad if you'd like to support the podcast. There is, by the way, if you didn't know, a one-time donation button. And when I say button, what I'm talking, link's in the description. Go check out the description of the podcast. Patreon's there, one-time donation is there, which just takes you to PayPal, basically. Etc, etc. Packernet.com for all your news, notes, and information. Please join in the Facebook group if you'd be so kind. Finally, NFLBigBoard.com. Got all the latest and greatest prospects for the NFL Draft. If you're so desirous to turn your attention that way, I would encourage you to start with NFLBigBoard.com. I'd go through all of it, but I've gone through it a million times, and if you're new here, I'm sorry. Just go check it out. It's only a couple letters. Type it in, push enter, and you'll be impressed, I promise. But all right, so I've heard a lot of different things, right? Well, you don't want to build a losing culture and all these different things, and I took aim at all that. And now there's one thing that I keep hearing over and over again, and it's I had about three or four people reach out to me about, okay, you wanted one reason, here's the one reason, and it's about chemistry. Chemistry. Aaron Rodgers is, does not have good chemistry with his receivers, so that's the reason. I, I don't even think you believe that. And I, you know, I wanted to get down here and get an early jump on this. I didn't want to take any time, partly because I wanted to squeeze in a YouTube video if I can. But I, I literally listened to about eight seconds of uh, Bukowski's thing, and it, it took him about two seconds um, to start talking about he needs to play for the sake of chemistry. And it's like, 
oh, here we go. Like th- this is just how it goes, man. There's just there's this there's this one common thread, and everybody's gonna jump on it, and this is gonna be the thing. So, all right, let's let's. You don't even believe that. I I refuse to believe that you believe that. What specifically? Considering the fact, and if we're just talking about rookies, we're just talking this year. I don't know how you explain the fact that Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers are struggling right now at times. But let's forget about Rodgers is struggling with uh, Adams and he doesn't have rapport with um, Cobb and things of that nature. And let's just hone in on Jimmy Graham, who's a veteran, but he's new here, even though he's done a lot better in the past with other people. But maybe it's just chemistry, even though he was able to develop chemistry in Seattle or whatever. And let's focus on the rookies. They've had all year to develop chemistry. And by the way, again, in the back of your mind, I want you to be developing a very specific... I want you to stop saying chemistry and start saying specifically what it is they're supposed to do the next two weeks. Specifically. So if we look back at the last game, what should have been different? Because I remember two things. One, we have rookie-wide receivers who don't run correct routes. And we have Aaron Rodgers missing wide-open receivers. So if we need these rookies to play more, they should play more. I agree they should play. They need playing time. And, I mean, if we're benching them, we're benching everybody. We're just forfeiting the game. I mean, they're kind of low men on the totem pole anyways. So if you want to say, well, they need more time, you know, if we're going to actually expect these guys to get a leg up, they need playing time. Yeah, cool. All right, fine. But Rodgers? Does he need more practice throwing the football because he needs to develop his accuracy? See, I I think part of the problem is, I don't know that it's there's something that's just at zero that needs to be built up. I think there's something that should be already higher, but it's just not developing. Something just isn't growing. Something isn't happening. And a meaningless game against the Jets and a meaningless game against the Lions isn't going to magically make it sprout up. This is this is it's a very strange analogy. But just imagine there's some kind of a disease in somebody's legs and they're suddenly not able to walk. This is a person who is an athlete who is able to up and walk around and run around and suddenly they can't walk anymore. And what I'm saying is we need to get them off their feet and we need to get them into surgery immediately to take out this disease. And some people are saying, no, 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 no. But if they lay down, they won't be able to practice walking. Yeah, I I know. But the... This isn't a person that doesn't know how to walk, is my point. This person knows fully well how to walk. They should be walking better. They can't walk because there's some kind of a disease that needs to be fixed. And that could be several different things. I'm not entirely sure, but I do know that playing two meaningless games with Marquez isn't going to fix this team. I mean, just take... Well... Okay, so take, for example, the fact that Marquez and Aaron Rodgers seem to be looking real good for what about three weeks Marquez was the new hot thing coming out Equinemius at times was looking real good why did that go away now it's possible that in part it's because teams figured out how to take Marquez out of it which basically means he was a one-trick pony and they figured him out and then the offense i.e. the coaches or whatever weren't able to scheme ways to get him open or his route tree is limited which is a problem that he needs to develop that has nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers But I don't know that chemistry is the problem, especially when they had chemistry in the past and it went away. And I guess I'm just not seeing how this is necessarily a good environment to build anything. This is like trying to grow flowers in a swamp. It's just, it's a lot of nasty, wet decay everywhere. 
There's also crocodiles in there. Just, just alligators. I don't know. Get out. Just get out of there. Snapping turtle, man, take your finger right off. Get out of there. So I, I, I think, first of all, if you're going to say chemistry, you need to be much more specific in what exactly you're talking about. Beyond that, if we, if we talk specifically about chemistry, there's also the realization we have to have that this is all going bye-bye. They've been trying to build a relationship and understanding a, a offense that is going away. An offense that maybe needed to go away, an offense that maybe didn't suit Aaron Rodgers, maybe didn't suit the rookies, whatever. So trying really hard to make the Mike McCarthy offense work these last two weeks, what in the world could possibly be the benefit of that? So again, I'm just looking at it from all these different angles and chipping away at it, and I'm asking you what's left. So developing chemistry in a specific offense doesn't make sense. Aaron Rodgers' accuracy isn't going to be developed these last two weeks. Marquez and EQ in their, their you know youthfulness, they're going to be able to grow whether it's with Rodgers or whoever. If it's just a matter of getting out and getting practice, go get practice. Aaron Rodgers doesn't need to risk his safety in order to do that. So I, I don't know even what chemistry means at this point. I mean, I, I understand it's a word, and I understand there's importance in the NFL, but I'm, I, if we try to whittle that down in the context of what it is we're talking about, Aaron Rodgers struggling mightily with, with accuracy, the entire team having just a funk in the locker room and on the field, because that's it is a funk, and I don't know exactly what it is. And I don't even care anymore. If you want to blame Danica Patrick, if you want to blame whatever, I don't care. But something's wrong. And I don't think it's so simplistic as to say, well, it's just a chemistry thing with him and his wide receivers. And if he just had a better relationship, a playing relationship with Marquez, he wouldn't have missed those wide-open touchdowns and we would have beat the Bears. Nah, that ain't it. And it's to the point, and I, I don't mean to, you know, attack anybody. But it's it's such a weird statement, and I feel like it's such an empty one. And I know some of you guys said, here's a reason, although I don't necessarily buy it. So I, I get that, is what a lot of people are saying. You're just trying to find a reason. But for people that are definitively saying, this is why it has to happen, I feel like these are people who just want to win. Right? In other words, they're in the win no matter what category, because I just can't stand to watch the Packers lose, who are just reaching as far and as wide as you possibly can to find a reason to say Aaron Rodgers should play. Because I'm still sitting here saying I don't see one. I see zero. Beyond that, though, I want to present what I believe to be the official nail in the coffin, and this is brought to you by Mr. David from our Fantasy Football League. Here's the the question he said kind of off the cuff that really got me thinking. He said, if you want to get in queue with your receivers, perhaps play more in preseason. Now, he kind of meant that, I think, just as a shot, but if you think about it, that makes kind of a lot of sense. Because where are all these people who are saying you have to play this game for chemistry, you can't have a losing culture, everything that everybody's saying about why Rodgers should play against the Jets should apply even more so in the preseason. Right? I I, I thought everybody said Rodgers shouldn't play in the preseason because they're meaningless games. Well, wait a minute. Are you telling me the Jets game isn't meaningless? What happened to that attitude? Well, you you, you, you got to play to win. Well, why don't you play to win in the preseason? You don't want to build a losing culture, and, and he needs to be a leader. Really? He's a leader who plays scared for an entire month in the preseason? Well, the preseason's more for evaluation. Okay, why? Why is it more for evaluation? I think these next two weeks should be about evaluation. I think the preseason, preseason should be about preparation. How about we worry about 
preparation and starting the season strong and winning the first few games and, and, and being ahead of the pack. I mean, I get it. If you want to evaluate who should be on the team and you want to protect people to make sure you're healthy, fine. Fine. But then explain to me these next two weeks, keeping in mind the preseason, and I'm telling you, there's nothing. Well, the preseason and regular season are different. No, 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 excuse me. The preseason is pre-the season. The regular season now, in context, because in context, when you say the regular season and these games count, fine. But these games don't count anymore. They don't matter anymore. The game against the Lions and the game against the Jets are meaningless. And what we do in those games has no impact on the 2018 season. What we do in preseason has quite a bit of impact on the 2018 season. So I say again, if I had to rank it, you have, you know, the Super Bowl is the most important. The, you know, we'll just call it the playoffs are the second most important. The regular season, you know, as far as if you're in the hunt is the next most important, then the preseason, and the very lowest on the totem pole things that matter the least are the games you play in the regular season after you've been eliminated from the playoffs. They have the least amount of significance whatsoever. In fact, winning those games has one purpose, and that's to hurt your future by hurting your draft stock as well as risking hurting your players. So it carries all the risk of the preseason, but additional risk and additional damage because every single one negatively impacts your future. So again, I'm sitting here waiting for someone to give me a reason why Aaron Rodgers should play. And all I'm hearing is chemistry, and I don't even know what that means. You want to develop chemistry? It's very simple. You know what Russell Wilson and his players do? They meet up somewhere, I don't know, California, Seattle, somewhere out there. They get together and they play football, and they develop chemistry. You want to bet who's not going to do that this offseason? Aaron Rodgers, who's going to be jet-setting all over the known universe with his girlfriend. That's who's not going to be building chemistry with his wide receivers. No, I don't care about 30 minutes against the Jets and 30 minutes against the Lions. You can make that up in one day spending four, five, six hours playing football with your wide receivers. You want to develop chemistry? How about you just go out to dinner with them? Go out to lunch with them? I mean, I... Man, oh man, you know, you think about the implications of this. You think about how important these things are and the relationships you have with these guys and how fragile they can be. The fact that you are making hundreds of millions of dollars to be a leader, you can't sacrifice a little bit of your offseason? And maybe you do a little bit, but man, this should be like a big deal. I mean, you hear occasionally like Aaron Rodgers or uh, I remember Adrian Peterson used to buy his offensive line stuff every offseason. I think Aaron Rodgers did that for a while. I mean, that's kind of nice, but I'm not talking about birthday presents with a card that says, thanks guys, while you're off in, in China somewhere. I'm talking about not just sitting down and spending time and building relationships, but hey, how about we work on this, man? Let's talk about football. Let's talk shop a little bit. I mean, we're we're talking about these guys that say that they're super competitive and all they want to do is win and it's the most important thing, but yet, what are you doing? I mean, I know Aaron Rodgers works and he always works hard and he works hard in his diet and he works hard in his exercise and all this stuff, but I'm saying, how about we go above and beyond a little bit? And by the way, above and beyond, above and beyond for a lot of us, would be like working Saturdays at a job that pays, you know, 15, 20, 25, 30 bucks an hour. Going above and beyond for Aaron Rodgers, a guy who has more money than anybody knows what to do with, is like going out to a really nice steakhouse with your wide receivers and just talking about stuff. 
and talking, and, you know, and just saying I appreciate you guys, and, 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 and you know, you know I'm, I'm really excited about our future and all the things that we can do together. I, I love seeing your guys' athleticism, and I love the effort, and I'm sorry I came down on you at times. I'm going to be doing it again. I promise you it's just my thing, but i I, I got to stay on top of people. We have a high standard here in Greece. Blah, 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 blah. And then set a date and be like, hey, man, let's just go th- throw the ball around a little bit. You know, you got a bunch of money. Just say and make it something cool. Let, like, let's say, you know, it's, it's winter time. Let's pick a spot. You're from California. We'll fly you out to California. What's it going to cost you? Two grand? I mean, you could fly them out first class for another $1,000 if you wanted to. Put them up in a really nice hotel. You guys can work out together. You, you, can, you could have position coaches out there together. Football people working with you. And we want to talk about 30 minutes against the Jets and 30 minutes against... Hey, give me a break. They have all the opportunities in the world to get to know each other and be best friends and work on football, to talk shop. They can do it right now. They can do it right now. Which, by the way, they do have practice, and they do practice things and throw the ball around and all that kind of nonsense. They practice it all the time in practice. They can do it outside of practice. They can do it in the off season. They have months and months and months and months and months to develop relationships and work on football stuff. It's the other thing that just drives me crazy is just the, you know, we, we, we talk about how competitive they are and how bad they want it, but I don't see it. You know, John Gruden got the job over there. He never made one phone call to Khalil Mack. I know he shipped him off anyways, but I mean, he, he hardly called anybody. Dude, how about a little effort for all this money? Do you know what I would do if you gave me $10 million and said, I need you to... Like, build a team in Green Bay? Now, let's just pretend I knew a single thing about, you know, how to call plays and, and how things were the inner workings of running a football team. I'm not sure I know, but I can promise you we'd be working pretty hard on team chemistry. There's a problem in the locker room. With all the money you have, you should be able to fix that pretty quick. I mean, it's not going to take all that much. You got a group of all men, similarly minded... Right? They're all in the same place in life, all very competitive, all very whatever. You can't find a common thread. You can't spend a couple bucks to find something fun to do. Like, what do they do? They go bowling once a year. That's the big thing. And like, ooh, it's this cool thing McCarthy does where it's like team building. It, it just feels so routine and lazy. Like, okay, next on the list, um, I have to help build a team. You need to all be friends. We will get in our separate limousines we will drive to the bowling alley you will change your shoes you will throw the ball at the pins you will like each other we will go home we will sleep and then we will resume practice tomorrow like can you do stuff once a week like why is preseason like party time like oh yeah then we get the rookies up and they do a skit (laughs) it's like everybody's best friends and then the regular season starts and you lose a few games and everybody's just mad yeah because all the gimmicky nonsense is all over with and then in the off season, what happened? Y'all go bye bye. And I don't know. Maybe maybe some people are closer with others, but that's the thing. It's like clicky. Like all the wide receivers used to hang out in Green Bay. That's cool. That's great. Where was Rogers on that? I don't. I don't know. I'm. I, listen. And I don't care if that's not how you want to do things. That's fine. But again, don't talk to me about thirty minutes against the Jets and thirty minutes against the Lions. We're talking silly now. We're talking silly. For what? Just admit you want to win. Don't tell me that we need to build chemistry. Don't talk to me about, you know, you don't lose games and you don't bench people and it's about competition because then explain the preseason to me. 
If you want to win meaningless games, let's go win preseason games. If meaningless games are about evaluation, fine, we've got decisions to make. Let's use these next two games for evaluation. But if you're a fan and you just want to win, then just say you want to win, man. Just say, listen, I know it's wrong. I know it's possible Aaron Rodgers gets hurt and it really ruins 2019, or David Bakhtiari, or Devontae Adams, or Kenny Clark, or whoever it ends up playing that I don't think Kenny Clark's going to play, but whatever. Critical Jair. We could lose Jair for the entire season next year. I'm just saying. So you're willing to risk that, as well as hurt us in the draft by potentially losing. We might lose anyways, and I do hope we do, but you're, you're okay with all of that because you want them to win. Because you just can't bear the thought of them losing. Okay, fine. I'm not going to get upset. That's how you feel. Again, we're all fans. It's all about having fun. However you derive fun from football is entirely up to you. Right? I derive fun from the prospect of being a good team again one day. You derive fun from on Sunday, I want to see a win, and that's it. Let the future fix itself. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Neither of us are directing this team. So however it is you have fun, just go have some fun. But I'm just asking you to be honest. Just say, Pack Daddy, I just want to win, man. I know it's kind of messed up. I know Aaron Rodgers could, you know, snap his spine. But it's fine. Because I want to beat the Jets. Because losing with Kaiser at the helm makes me sad. And I don't want to be sad. I want to see another win. All right, fine, man. Cool. That's awesome. That's great. Thank you for your honesty. However, I will say for the last time, if you're going to stick with this this chemistry narrative and that meaningless games and risking injury is worth it to build chemistry, fine. I want to talk to you in the preseason and I want you to explain to me in next preseason why it's okay to bench Aaron Rodgers because we have a we have a season coming up. A season in which we want to win a Super Bowl. And we have Aaron Rodgers, and we have receivers who have been all not together during the, you know, the offseason, and we've probably got new rookies, and we've got second-year guys, and whatever else is going on. And I kind of feel like chemistry is very important, but I kind of thought for meaningless games, you don't play them. And you, but, 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 but explain to me again this chemistry thing, because I want to understand it. And I can tell you right now, if you tell me at the end of this year, chemistry is why we need to win, but next year, oh, no, 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 chemistry isn't important... I know you're lying because you just see this as a regular season game and you want to win and you see that as preseason. You know it doesn't impact our record at the end of the year and this is just a pride thing. I don't want to be fourth in the division. I don't want to look like a bad team. I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to get made fun of by Bears fans and Lions fans and Vikings fans and Cowboys fans and everybody else on social media because it's just embarrassing and I don't want to deal with it. That's what it is. And I know that's what it is. So... If you are if you are serious about the chemistry thing, be sure to tell me that. Because I'm going to write your name down somewhere, although I'm going to forget it, so you're probably going to have to remind me in the preseason. But we need to have a conversation in the preseason. Because I just want to hear you say it. I just want to hear you say, yes, we should be playing in the preseason to build chemistry. Or no, this preseason prior to the, to the season is less important as far as developing Aaron Rodgers' abilities and chemistry with the team than the end of 2018 when games didn't matter and we were officially eliminated. I would love to just hear one of those two sentences. So I don't, I don't considering the amount of time we have, uh, I don't want to get too deep into pro football focus, but I do want to point out a couple things. Um, I had mentioned against the Atlanta Falcons win that it was actually, despite the fact that they won and seemed like things were going pretty well, I mean, we scored 34 points, it was actually our uh, worst offensive performance 
Uh, this game was technically a better offensive performance, but our worst overall performance of the year. What might surprise you is that the number one thing the Packers are graded out as was pass blocking. And the reason I point that out is because I would assume a lot of people are going to say, well, it's going to look bad because you're playing the Bears and the Bears have Khalil Mack, etc., etc., so that's what the problem is. That's not what the problem is. This game was graded as our fourth worst offensive performance of the year. Despite playing a pretty not great Bears offense, and I'm, I do stand by that, it's not all that great, it was our fifth worst defensive performance of the year. This was our fifth worst passing game of the season. The, some of the games that were worse, the Arizona Cardinals, the Atlanta Falcons, the Miami Dolphins, and then the Bears the first time around. So yeah, the Bears are pretty tough, and that maybe has part to do with it, but if you look at it, weeks 13, 14, and 15 are also right in a bunch here at the bottom. The last three weeks have been three of the worst weeks throwing the football, as has been all year. So again, I come back to what I said before. We're not building something, we're watching something deteriorate. We're watching Aaron Rodgers' abilities and talents deteriorate. That was a terrible game for him. The, the missing wide-open receivers was incredible. It was, it was ridiculous. I, 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 I just, I don't, I don't want to go back down the road, but what are we building again? We're building for him to be as good as he was in, what, week 11 against Seattle, week 2 against Minnesota? Like, we want to get back to that? Why did we have chemistry then, but not now? You get what I'm saying, right? This was our sixth best pass-blocking game of the season. Actually, sixth and seventh both came against the Bears. They were right next to each other. The uh, Despite the incredible challenge the Packers did right. I mean, there, there were a lot of sacks, but you got to kind of take it for what it is. And also understand that as though, even though some guys got over on us, there were some other people that uh, held their own pretty well. Looking at our receivers, again, fifth worst of the season. Uh, the game that was worse than this, week 12 against Minnesota. The game that was worse than that, worse than that week 13 against Arizona. Again, really bad. The, the, the one game slightly better than the Bears was the Atlanta Falcons. So 14, 15, 12, 13. All in a bunch right near the bottom. Not the two worst, but you take the two worst out. The four worst games for our receivers have been the last four weeks. Again, deteriorating. You want to know when the best weeks were? 1, 6, 5, 8, 9. The top five games were 1, 6, 5, 8, 9. Again, beginning of the season, things were better and things are getting worse. They are deteriorating. Shut it down. Stop it. <laughs> Give it up. This was our third worst game running the football. I'm sorry, it was our fourth worst game. Now, it's the Chicago Bears, so I suppose that's to be expected. Our worst, worst game was the Chicago Bears, so I can't get too hard on that. But again, just nothing's working, man. Nothing. The run blocking, um, well, it's sort of an anomaly. It was one of our better games. However, it was still pretty terrible because we just have never really had. We, we, we have not had one good run blocking game all year. Our best run blocking game came against the L.A. Rams in Week 8. Our grade was 66.9, which is average, possibly above average. I don't, I don't know what you want to call that, but it wasn't good because they're just not good. Switching over to defense now, in particular our run defense, it was actually not bad. It was graded out as good. It was the only other category other than pass blocking that was graded as good. Now, the tackling was trash, but again, that's a separate grade, which probably isn't even going to be that low because our tackling has been bad all year. But it was our fifth best run blocking uh, or excuse me, run defense game of the season. Tackling, as I expected, was about middle of the pack. 
Um, as far as pass rush, this was our third worst game of the season. Now, you factor in the fact that we don't have Nick Perry, which I know doesn't really matter, but you start getting further down the list, what do we have? Not having Kenny Clark, not having Mike Daniels, it's going to start to wear on you. And there definitely was, uh, definitely was a problem there. So third worst pass rushing game of the entire season. Just not good, man. And again, Mike Daniels is done. Kenny Clark might not be coming back. These numbers aren't going to get better. Nick Perry's not coming back. As far as coverage, third worst coverage of the season. Minnesota Vikings in Week 12 was the worst. L.A. Rams in Week 8 was the second worst. This was the third worst game. Our second best game of the season was Week 1 against the Chicago Bears. Things aren't working. Things are bad. Even special teams. This was our second lowest graded special teams game of the entire season. Again, everything's falling apart. And I've been saying this for a long time. Before we fired Mike McCarthy, things are crumbling. Things are falling apart. Things are not going well. But clearly, once we fired McCarthy, now we're seeing the injuries stack up. Everything is just completely imploding. And we can't get much lower than this, but let me tell you a couple ways where we can get lower than this. We've already lost Nick Perry. We lost Kenny Clark. We've lost some pretty high-profile people. If you think that people like Rodgers and Devontae and Jair and whoever, if, these, if you think these guys are immune from getting seriously injured, you're incorrect. David Bakhtiari, right? Brian Balaga toward the end of last year tore his ACL. You think that can't happen to David Bakhtiari? I understand some people don't like the look, right? You, you can't pull players because it, it looks bad. I mean, I, I don't understand it. I know you get beat up by a bunch of, um, you know, you get beat up by the media because the media is full of football guys who believe in this culture thing, and they're going to say, well, this is not the way you play football, and they're all going to get picked on and made fun of, except the rest of the NFL is being dumb. You realize the San Francisco 49ers had the number one overall pick, and they had Nick Bosa in their grasp, and they ruined it because they beat the Seattle Seahawks, and they're celebrating in the locker room. Yay! Richard Sherman got the game ball. Richard Sherman beat the 49ers, or beat the Seahawks. <laughs> Yay! We lost the number one overall pick, and we lost Nick Bosa. Yay! And we're going to celebrate that for some kind of moral victory. And you know what? Seahawks are going to be better than you next year because you messed up. I don't know that that's true, but that's, that's, ugh. In reality, that win, which does not help their 2018 season at all, absolutely 100% hurt their future. It absolutely did. And you've got a bunch of these bottom of the barrel. T- and listen, we should not be drafting any higher than we already are because every team that is lower than us or higher than us in the draft is already eliminated. There's no reason any of those teams should win, but some of them will, and we'll be drafting higher than them. Why? Because they're dummies. Because they keep going out and winning. If I'm the GM, I'm just sitting back going, huh, look at these guys, they keep winning. All right, I'll take your spot. Oh, you want to win? All right, fine, I'll draft 10th. Yeah, sure, I'll take 9th. Yeah, you want, hey, 7th? Sure, I'll take 7th from you, I don't care. And they're all looking down their noses at us like, aha. Uh-huh. Look at these guys quitting. Like, qu- 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 quitting? I think, th- I think what you're looking for is qu- qu- Quinnin. Quinnin Williams? Is that what you're looking for? Because that's who we're drafting, and that's who's going to dominate everybody next year. Yeah, Quinnin. Quinnin Williams. That's what, that's what you were trying to say, I think. And look, I, I, I fully understand. You know, Nick Bosa could... 
could technically be a bust. It's it's pretty unlikely, but we've seen it. Jadavian Clowney didn't look great coming out. I mean, he's pretty good now. Um, but, you know, he looked. He kind of worried some people. He, he could come out, he could get hurt, and, and the 49ers could end up getting, I don't know. I mean, are, are they really going to get? See, that's the problem with the 49ers, not to talk about them, but they got a bunch of defensive linemen. Are they really going to take Quinn Williams? Are they really going to take Ed Oliver? I, I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't know, but it's it's the way the NFL is. And I, I listen, I believe this will change. I really do, because I'm correct. And I think the NFL will correct it, right? It's just like a lot of other things. You never go for it on fourth down. You never do it. I, I remember, <laughs> remember that commercial with John Madden? And it, it's, it sticks out in my head because it just cracked me up because it was back when I was younger and um, back when I used to play Madden. And I remember going for it on my own 10-yard line on 4th and 35 in the first quarter because I just don't care. Because I, punting is dumb. Nobody punts in Madden. But I remember John Madden going, you never go for it on 4th down. You never, never go for it on 4th down. And the guy's just looking at him, nodding his head with a big smile, like, yeah, we're going for it. But suddenly, teams start going for it on 4th. Now, granted, it's it's a limited sample size, right? They started doing it like when you get into like the 40-50-ish territory. Right, kind of, it's a really, really long field goal, or just kind of outside of field goal range. You go for it on fourth down. Right, you got teams starting to go for two instead of kicking extra points. That seems to be dwindling a little bit. That was maybe more of a fad than anything. But it, the NFL, see, there, there's the stats, and the fans look at the hard numbers and they go, "Listen, it makes more sense technically to do this than that." And the NFL kind of scoffs because they've got their old ways, and you don't do that. And tradition says this and this and this. And I like hard-nosed football. you got to run the ball, and you've got to play defense. And what is the offense doing? They're just throwing the ball around. Like, all right, cool, man. You guys run it every play. I'm going to run up the score 50 points because I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, and we're just going to beat you 55 to 32 because 32 is literally all you can do because you're just plodding down the field all the time. You take too long. You too slow. I feel like this is something that will slowly turn around. And even if it's not... The players, you're going to see more about what I think Gutekunst is doing. And I stand by what I said. I do believe he's doing everything he can to tank the season. And that did include firing Mike McCarthy. I think there were plenty of reasons to do it. But I think looking at this season and saying it's over, we need to just pull the plug, included doing things like shipping players off, saying goodbye, ha-ha, goodbye, whoever, you know, uh, tie. Um, booting Whitehead off the team because he slapped a guy, which, come on, that's really, really a lame reason. But it's a reason, and now we don't have any safeties, do we? No, we don't. And he looked pretty good for a while, didn't he? Yes, he did. And firing your head coach, and firing your, you know, assistant head coach, and putting everybody with a hangnail on IR. Yeah, I think so. And I do think that's the right thing to do. And if you're a GM, you should be doing that. And all these other GMs, see, maybe that's part of the problem, too. A lot of these other GMs, they've got owners. And owners are just like giant billionaire fans. A lot of them really are. Like, I want to win. I've got my reputation on the line. I don't like being laughed at. I don't like the fans yelling at me. You better win or you're fired. Not to say that Gutekunst doesn't, can't have similar pressure from Mark Murphy, but you feel like there's a little bit more of like, you know, this isn't like Mark Murphy's team. You kind of wonder, and I don't know, maybe you'd have to tread lightly. Would I even have that conversation with Mark Murphy? Like, hey, man, I'm... uh thinking about tanking the season what do you what are your thoughts there kind of a risky conversation to have because that that's the kind of thing you could say to an owner or to a guy like mark murphy that kind of gets you fired a little bit but uh anyways 
But whatever. Whether it happens or not, it's kind of irrelevant. At this point in time, you just really don't see teams do it, and you genuinely do see teams trying to kick on the Jets and trying as hard as they can to win games, and they're doing it. Lots of teams that have been out for a while just keep winning, and they're they're super jacked about it, and they're super excited. And I'm sitting here as a Packers fan going, <laughs> yeah, like I would love, I would love to go in there and give them a pep talk if I could and if they care. I would go to every single team's locker room and get them super jacked up to go win. And I would say nothing to the Packers at all, ever. <laughs> because you know what? You know who wins? It's the teams like the Packers that continue to lose, while teams that have no chance continue to win and give up their draft spots. Like the 49ers, who gave up their first overall draft pick to beat the Seahawks. Who cares? What pride? What pride do you have in the season? Like, are you really going to come back next year if you lose to the Seahawks next year in the regular season, say week two or whatever it happens to be, are you going to be like, yeah, but remember that time last year when we beat you, son? Oh, burned them. You want to know what's even worse? Guess who got their number one spot? The Arizona Cardinals. Guess who the Cardinals are probably going to be drafting? Nick Bosa. Guess what division the Cardinals are in? Same one as the 49ers, meaning the 49ers not only don't get Nick Bosa, they got to play him twice a year. Yay for beating the Seahawks. I'm so proud of you. Aw. You're winners. You did it. Somebody get them a participation trophy quick. No, man. You lost. Arizona won. Oakland won for moving up into the number two spot. They won. You're sitting at number four. You're not even at three. I don't know if you could get Quinn and Williams if you wanted to. You're at four, buddy. There's basically three freaks in this draft. You're getting zero of them. You're getting number four, whoever that might be. Enjoy your hopefully good corner. Yeah, you're not going to get the Khalil Mack in this draft, but you might get the Denzel Ward of this draft. So, I mean, you know, that's kind of cool. Way to go. That's awesome. But again, bringing it back to the Packers, we're talking about the same thing. We don't feel like we are because you can... You can see it more impactfully and more direct. Number one overall pick, and you know the player, Nick Bosa. But this means the exact same thing for the Packers, and more so. They dropped down to four from one. We're talking about the difference between probably being like 7, 8, 9, and being like 16, 17, 18. Keep losing and keep winning. That's a pretty big difference, ladies and gentlemen. And again, we also have a higher pick in the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. So, I don't want to do this for three days in a row, but I feel like I wanted to zero in a little bit more on what exactly it is we're talking about and address once again the importance of why we need to just be done. And we might lose anyways. I mean, the, the way we're playing, the way Aaron Rodgers is playing, the fact that this game against the Jets is on the road, I mean, we haven't won a single game on the road, including some ones we definitely should have. The Jets played the Texans kind of close. The Jets did beat the Bills. The Jets almost beat the Titans. I mean, you know, it's not impossible. We did lose to the Cardinals, just saying. But you know what's going to happen if we lose to the Jets? We're doing this all over again. (laughs) If Aaron Rodgers plays and we lose to the Jets, I'm going to be back on here again saying, do not dare, don't you dare, play Aaron Rodgers against the Lions because I'm terrified we're going to win that game. Because the Lions can't seem to win against anybody. They beat the Cardinals, but they lost to the Buffalo Bills, the Rams, and the Bears. 
They've been on a bit of a losing streak here. They're going to be playing the Vikings, meaning they're going to lose again. But if they can't beat the Bills, you know, there's a chance we're going to end up beating the Lions. And I don't want to. But it's going to be what it's going to be, and we'll see what it is. I I don't believe they're going to bench Rodgers, but as I mentioned on Twitter to, I believe, Ryan, I don't remember exactly, I also didn't believe we were going to fire McCarthy, even though I felt that was the right thing to do. And they did the right thing, and I was pretty stunned by that. I think the right thing would be to pull the plug on Aaron Rodgers. We'll see. I think that's a little bit more complicated because, again, pulling the plug on, on Mike McCarthy just meant that Mark Murphy needed to say, I'm sorry, you're done. I think this is a little bit more complicated. And we're dealing with a few more moving parts here. <laughs> you know, we, we've got a head coach. And, 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 you know, it also comes down to medical. And I, I would imagine they're desperately wanting to go that route if they can. But, you know, they, you know, are, if he's okay, I don't think the doctor's just going to flat out lie. Right? The doctor doesn't need to say much for him to be on IR, but he's not going to lie. Like, if he's fine, they're not going to be like, well, I mean, I'll just I'll make something. That's, that's not going to happen. The question is, if he's 100% medically cleared, and Philbin wants to play him, and Rodgers wants to play, and everybody wants to play, what do you do? I know I got a little lippy in saying I'm pulling rank, but I, I that that might be a little bit. That's that's what I would do, <laughs> but I don't know that that's necessarily the best thing to do because that's a little, you know, I don't know. You say that to Philbin, Philbin ends up getting fired. He's going to tell everybody what happened. That's not a good look for the Green Bay Packers. That's not a good look for Gutekunst and Mark Murphy to say, I'm pulling rank and I demand that you bench Rodgers. I mean, that's that's kind of an iffy thing, right? I'm, I'm in favor of this sort of incognito, plausible deniability thing, right? We're, we're, be- we're tanking, but you can't prove it. <laughs> it kind of looks that way, but I'm just making decisions based on the moment. I don't, I don't even notice. Oh, you, that's bad for the team? I didn't even notice. I, I just, I didn't know. Just making individual decisions by themselves. I'm not not trying to tank anything. I don't know what you're talking about. But whatever. We'll, we'll continue to monitor the situation. As of right now, Aaron Rodgers will be playing. We'll see how it goes. And again, you know, it, it, you know, we could play and we could lose and we could still be picking 11th. If everybody else just keeps losing, then we're 11th, I think. Unless they play each other and then maybe we'll get bumped up to 10th or something. We'll analyze that maybe tomorrow or something. I don't know. But anyways, um, I'm going to try my best to squeeze in a video here. I got my first uh, mock draft. Well, not it's technically my second, but first in several months up. If you want to check that out, Pack Daddy NFL. I'm going to try to squeeze in a Packers mock. It's going to be the same as uh, the one I did for Packernet, but I just want to see if I can get it up uh, on there real quick. I want to try to crank out as many videos as possible. With my new hours at work, I just I don't have any time. So, Anyways... I hope you fine folks have the greatest of days. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a fantastic day. Bye-bye.